I told you, I'll let you all know a little bit about our, what our service is going to be about, about uh, Esau. But what I want to go before that is, is talk to you about something that maybe it's in your nature. Um, how many of you are in here, and you may not want to say, ooh, man, it's me, that's me, but any of you in here have a, re a rebellious, let me, let me phrase this, any of you are rebel by nature, don't comment, don't go, woo, me, me. Um, That's exactly right. Um, are you a rebel by nature or doing things that, uh, doing things your own way and not willing to listen to anybody else? And, and it's really important that, you, that you're really not that way because there's a time when that is relevant in some of your lives. And it's okay to be that way, I guess, to survive. But there's really a, a real big catch in that and, and that you can go through a lot of uh, personal Highs and lows, and especially a lot of lows, especially when you know that your heart is a, a rebel. I want to uh, go to Second Second Peter in chapter uh, three, and I'm going to read this to you. It's not going to be my my text, but it's going to be something about listening. Knowing this first, this shall come in the last days. Scoffers walk in their own, own lust. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning, beginning, um, beginning of the creation. And I'm going to just read the first part of, of verse 5. It's for, it says, for this they willingly are ignorant of. And I'm going to stop here for just a minute because there's a lot of us that may have a tendency to, to be drawn toward um, having a neglect of, of truth. And we begin to pursue let me know why I'm missing something up here. People, when you willingly know something, but you willingly don't care, you're really running into a uh, precarious situation because if there is instruction in your life that could give you direction, you're resisting it. And we're going to talk about Esau this morning. And what was Esau like? We know he was hairy, and we, we know he was redheaded. And we know all the physical attributes, but I want to think about it a little farther about what comes into his nature. Um, and this part here about Second uh, Peter was about those who don't care and unwilling to do something, unwilling to value the, the teachers who are trying to pour into you and not willing to listen. And there's, a, there's an, a brand of car out today, and it says Kia, and what comes to your mind when you hear the name Kia? Know it all. That's what you think about. And how many of you know I know it all? Okay. No, K-I-A, know it all. And it's amazing. My wife and I know someone like this. Well, we may know a few more people like this. But this one in particular, he has a tendency to know it all. And he's unteachable. And when you try to talk to him about any issues of his life, he's unwilling to listen. And now think about this in your life. Are you unwilling to listen? Are you unwilling to uh, listen to the advice that others have? Or let's just go on to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 25, Genesis 25, verse 7. There's a... 
tendency sometimes that we read about things in the Bible and we think, well, well, that could really apply to them or, or that could apply in that situation. But I'm going to tell you, there is a, a spirit of Esau, and you say it that way, but there is a spirit behind someone who thinks they know it all. It's someone who always has everything, uh, they have answers for everything. And it's also something about them unwilling to listen and to listen. In Genesis chapter 25 and verse, 20, and verse 27, and the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved J- Jacob more than Esau because he did his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what your family's life if like. When you are one who feels loved by one parent and not the other, or, or you're maybe the father and then maybe, maybe the mother, it is a constant source of, 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 of a great ground to to grow a lot of dissension, a lot of divisions in the families. And so we started off by reading that and look in verse 29. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, for he was faint. And he said unto Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage. Now there's two problems. Jacob will always talk about the productivity and, and how blessed he was. He was uh, captivating a, an audience here, and, and he manipulated him into selling him his birthright. But instead of him being, um, instead of us glamorizing Jacob and all the favor it was in his life, let's think about the things that he could have done. For I'm, I'm about to faint. Feed me, I pray thee I, with the same red pottage, for I'm about to faint. Therefore, his name was Edom. And he said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what prophet had this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he sware to him this day, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and, did, and drink, and rose up and went his way, and he, thus he despised his birthright. Isn't it amazing how, how he could despise something that he didn't even have yet? And you may be wondering, well, what is his birthright? Well, when, a, when the oldest son was born, he would get two-thirds of everything that his father had. If it was livestock, if it was property, if it was gold and silver, whatever. He had it all, at least a majority. But at that day, he didn't value it, and he sold it to someone else. He sold it to his brother for a temporary thing. Es- Esau was falling into the prophecy because we know it's prophetical about him. That he lived for the moment. No planning for his future. He sold his own birthright. And I don't know about you, but I would hate to sell everything I had coming to me if I had anything coming to me. I hope I would invest it and think of, of what it could do in my life. Go to Romans. I'm just going to touch on this. Romans 13. And what it says is, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have, I have hated. Now often, I, when I read that growing up, I felt kind of sorry for Esau. And I thought I didn't have a chance because God was against him. But really, was God against him? And you may be here and you may think that God is against you and he's not against you. We're not just not doing the things according to what he would like us to do. And we make our path a little straighter, make our ways a little easier. We resisted his instruction and his influence. Was a bowl of soup and and bread and was that really worth a a lot of money? Was it? But how many times do we sell out ourselves for something so minute? Either through a relationship that you shouldn't be in, or doing something crooked, a variety of things. 
but we sell out ourselves what we really could have had for something as cheap. He was shutting the door on his inheritance and forever with his, even his view of his father, even his father's view of him was even diminished. It doesn't say anything about it, but I know that, that if he sold it, that me as a father, me would, I would have a totally different outcome and a value upon him, what he stood for and what he represented because of his, his selling out. Twenty-seven, chapter twenty-seven, verse twenty-six. Then it said he despised it. And what it was is he lived with reject. You left with rejection because of it. How many of you, because you have done something that totally was against what was right, and because you had to even hate it, it reminded him of what he could have had. It reminded him of what he could have disciplined himself to have. Go to chapter twenty-seven and verse. Uh, 26. And his father Isaac said, come near and kiss me, my son. And he came near and he smelled him and he smelled of his raiment. Let's stop. Isaac was talking to his son earlier in this chapter. He told him to go out and kill him some venison and bring it in and prepare it for him. And so when Rebecca heard it, she went and got her son Isaac and she said, put on some, get a hide and put it on you. And so a, she, a goat's hide, how many of y'all know the difference between a goat's hide and a sheep's hide? A goat's hide is longer hair, just smooth, but it is hair. And you put it on and put it on your neck and, and put on has some of his clothes. And, and you go in there because Isaac was uh, blind and he couldn't see, but he still had a great uh, sense of smell, I guess you would say. And he touched all these things and everything looked right. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. And this is where he is, verse 26. And his father Isaac said, come unto me, my son, kiss me, my son. And he came near and he kissed him and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore hath God given thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and, and plenty of corn and wine. And let the people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. And, Lord, and be Lord over thy brethren and be thy mother's sons and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed is everyone that blessed thee. And, and this is a promise, this is, this is a spiritual truth that he was speaking over him, that for the rest of his life, these things would be, and they would continue to be. And we go down to, let's read in verse 30, the rest of the, of the plot. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made his way to, at, and made an end to blessing Jacob, Jacob was just scarce gone out from his presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. He also had made savory meat and brought it into his father and said unto to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, and let thy soul be blessed. And Isaac said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Where is he that hath brought the venison and brought it before me? Have I have eaten it before him. Camest and blessed him, and yea, he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great a great and exceedingly bitter cry unto his father, Oh, bless me, even me, oh, my father. I'm, I, I remember as a little boy when I heard that, I thought, man, that seems so unfair. It seems so unjust that the oldest is waiting all this time, and by this time they're up in years, and, and he's wanting his dad's blessing, and the very thing that he wanted, he was, was taken away from him. Now, I don't know if you can imagine. I can imagine my two boys. I can imagine... 
Tyson wanting it. I can see Leighton going in and setting the stage and, and coming in before him. You see that, Leighton Tyson? Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, and, and if it happened, I could imagine the wrath that would be upon Tyson. I could. I don't mean literally Leighton doing it. But if it happened, that's what would happen. And Leighton was totally, and you saw in Jacob, seem unfair. Why was it unfair? Because we look at everything in the natural right here. See, our Heavenly Father knew there was something about Esau that, that he had set in stone before he was, he was hasty. He didn't, he didn't value things. He made rash judgments and he made decisions that were based upon, I want it right now and, and I don't care what the outcome is. I don't want, seriously, thinking about us for just a moment. Is that not the mindset of a rebel? I will do this uh, based on how I want it. And this began, this had a huge effect because it's a lasting thing for the rest of his life. And I don't know about you, maybe you don't think about the things that you do or uh, having these spiritual connotations, but they have, always have soul ties to the decisions you make. If you deceive someone, it sets things in motion. If you do, if you do things as he did in the beginning by selling his birthright, it sets things in motion in each of our lives. Go to chapter 28, no, verse 38, I'm sorry. Same chapter 27, verse 38. And Esau said to, to his father, hast thou but one blessing? Bless, he, bless me, even me, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice. And Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, behold, thy dwelling and the fatness of the earth, and the dew of the heaven from above. And by the sword thou shalt live, and thou shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass, and it shall have dominion, and thou shalt, have, shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And I want to stop there for a bit, for just a minute. Because what is the yoke from, that was on his neck? What did his brother place upon him, figuratively speaking? Resentment? Bitterness? Verse 41, and Esau hated Jacob because the blessing were with his father blessed him. Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father at hand, then I will what? Slay Jacob. You know, you may have had something happen in your past. It may not have been a blessing, but it may have been something that something happened that someone took from you. It could be a piece of property. It could be uh, money that was heir to you, but supposedly somebody else should have got it. But in all reality, the last moment, the person changed their mind. Everyone's mad at you. It's never your, it's always the injustice done to you. <clears throat> Do things get better or worse with time? They can get better with time, but they also get much worse. Go to uh, chapter 28, verse 5, 6, 5. Let's read verse 5 and we'll go through verse 9. And Isaac sent away Jacob to Padan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethnio, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's mother. So here we go. We have Abraham after, after Abraham. We have Jacob after he had done all these things to get at his brother, and his brother resented him. They sent him to his brother, to Rebekah's brother, far away, and he went there to live to find him a wife. And that sounds good, and it sounds noble, and it sounds like that's the thing it should have done, I suppose. At least find someone who's just like him. 
But I want you to go and read verse 6 through 9. And when Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob, he sent him to Padan Aram to take him away from thence, that he blessed him and he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt, take, thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. But that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padan Aram. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac. Do you see the similarity to decision-making? He saw that when, when somebody wasn't pleasing to his father, he instantly shows that's the ones I want to make. And you may be here this morning, you say, maybe you're not that way, but maybe you are. And if it is a problem, that's a problem on the dip, on the inside of who you are. And you will never get to the, the place that your brother could have been if you're always constantly doing things. Because look what he married. And then when Esau went to Ishmael and took of the wives of which he had, had that's it, the daughter of Ishmael before Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife. I don't know about that, but I will tell you something. There was something about Esau. He had a rebellious nature in him. He wanted to do it his way. He wanted to do it however he wanted, but he didn't want to listen to authority in his life. It's okay to be okay with, with critical thinking and being a, a, a not just following a crowd. But when you, opposite, when you oppositely do the thing that you know is a slam to your father, to your father and your mother, to make a decision with no purpose but to cause fam, hurt to your family, and even took a wife of Ishmael. Ishmael exactly is where your Muslims come from. Mishael was, was opposition to, to everything that was right with Isaac. And Isaac and Ishmael and everybody in that time had, had listened to the instruction of Abraham, but he had a side an Ishmael problem. And he took his father and slapped his father in the face. Purpose, to, purpose is to bring heartache and the opposite of Jacob. And the continual process of wrong decision making for Jacob. Were these avoidable? Let me ask you where you are now. Are the decisions you're making avoidable? The decisions you make There's something about coming to grips with things when things really get heated and tense and you make bad decisions, but when you purposely intend to go against the grain, you purposely intend to cause grief and you're not teachable, you're causing a problem within your family. Go to Genesis chapter 33. First three verses. So Jacob was going back and he was going back home and, and there was some opposition to face him when he got there. And Jacob lifted up, lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Esau come and 400 men with him. I want to stop here for a second. You would get the impression that Jacob is still resentful and he's still hateful. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. If I went back home after I'd done all the things that he had done, I would think he would be coming after me. <clears throat> I'm going to try to give you a little history here. There's a lot of teaching on the life of Esau and, and his descendants and things, but um, we have Esau and Ammon, and that's the same name as Esau. And if you ever heard, have you heard of the Ammonites? Throughout history of <clears throat> this particular group of people because he did become a great nation. But his dad said, said something really um, very important in the beginning. 
when he blessed him, not with a blessing, but in a sense he just read what he would be like. He said the sword would never leave his, his life. It would never leave his hand, and he would, he would accomplish things by what he divided and what he conquered. And he did prosper, and he was blessed because of the seed of Abraham, but he was always in a divisive situ situation. <clears throat> Verse 33, 1 through 3, came with him 400 men, and he divided the children of Israel and Rachel into the two handmaids, and he put the handmaids and the children foremost, and Leah and her, her children after, and Rachel and Joseph the hindermost, hindermost. And he passed over them, and he passed round about himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. I don't know about what you thought, what you think, but now he was scared. He was beside himself because he thought his brother was bringing judgment on him. At this particular time, there had been a change within the life of Esau. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, and he fell on his neck and he kissed him and wept. And they too lifted up their eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are these? And he said, these are the children which God hath graciously given thy servant. You know, we never think that rebellion is in us. And it's hard to see when it's us because we don't look at it like that. The, the spirit of Esau, and I don't know all that took place throughout the years, but he became very productive and very, very righteous, not righteous, but very productive and success, successful. But I wonder what really took place on the inside. And the handmaids came near and the children, they bowed themselves. And Leah also with the children came near and bowed themselves. After, after came Joseph near and Rachel and bowed themselves. And he said, what, what have you meant by all this drove which I meet? And he said, these that may find grace in thy sight, my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, brother. Keep that unto thyself. And Jacob said, nay, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight to receive the present of my hand. And therefore I have seen thy face, and though I have seen thy face as of God, and thou wast was with me, verse 7, verse 11. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God hath dealt with me graciously, and I have more than enough. And he urged him, and he took it. One more place we're going to go to. Go to Luke chapter 2. You know, he, had make, he had to make a decision to come to grips when he come back. When he went back home, Jacob did. Jacob had to make a decision too. And he was not living his past. And I know a lot of people can't seem to get out of their past. Because of what others have done and what they have done. Everything in Jacob's life was a recurring problem. And everything in Jacob's life was not good necessarily. But God had his hand upon him from the beginning. 
In Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. And went down with them, came into Nazareth, was subject unto him, but his mother, but his mother kept all things in her heart, all the sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus was just a boy. He was 12 years old. But he knew there was a time when he would need to be quiet and listen and submit himself. One of the things that I think is the hardest to do is to really be honest with ourselves. And when we live in a way that is always self, everybody's against me, we'll say it that way. We never seem to have any real peace. I want you to bow your heads with me, would you please? See, the spirit of Esau is a heavy thing and it can fall upon any of us. It may be upon some of us even now. Always an excuse for why we are the way we are and always wanted to bring it that for the reason that we haven't changed. See, he had come to his, he came to grips with things before his brother ever came or maybe even when he first saw him. But he had went with 400 men to, to welcome Jacob or oppose him, who knows. But there was something that took place. In your heart this morning, you have always lived a life of being a rebel. And always had the same results. Tired of those results? Tired of those results? When it's because of them that I'm this way, because of something they said, or something that was done to me as a kid, or something wherever, but it's all a victimized mentality and never coming to the realization that it's me that needs to change. It's not necessarily everybody else. If your heart is is convicting you, or if you feel any tugging on your heart. This is for you. An altar, an altar is a place of death and, and, and the Old Testament it was, but in the New Testament, an altar was a place of life. A place where people come to the realization, I need to get past my past, I need to get over this thing. And maybe it was rightfully so, I was bitter and had all these things in my life and but there's a time that we need to get past it and the hold of bitterness is is long and hard 
but just literally found in Christ. If you're here this morning, your heart is really full of things that you don't understand. Maybe hold someone else accountable for the reason that things are they, the way they are. Would you want to come and find a place to pray instantly? Recognizing that is beginning to change. Would you come?